The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin. Good Saturday morning once again. Fall has arrived. It kind of feels like it, and, and some days it doesn't. But, uh, hey, that's the weather that we live in in Canada, still in the pandemic phase. So I am uh, at uh, 875 Main Street West and at 1 Markland in their uh, fabulous facility in uh, Central Hamilton, Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can call them whether you're buying your first home or your 10th home or whether you're selling your first or 10th, 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website to go to. Remember, Golfie gets it sold. They're all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Check them out. The handle is at Rob Golfie. And if you haven't done so already, I can't imagine there's too many people out there that haven't downloaded the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast. But if you haven't, it's available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Lots to talk about today, including a couple of predictions about house prices in Canada and uh, the CMHC out with a uh, another real estate market uh, uh, pulse check, I guess, saying that there's moderate vulnerability. What does that mean? We'll get to that a little later on in the program. We're going to start with a question, however. And uh, it's about a condo. And it's, it's uh, basically saying that, Rob, I'm buying a condo and my salesperson wants to include a condition about the status certificate. What does that mean? Well, in many ways, buying a condo is similar to buying a house, but there are a few additional wrinkles to the condo purchase that you should be aware of. The condo status certificate is one, one issue all condo buyers should be aware of. It's a document that provides answers to some important questions about the unit you are interested in and the condo corporation as a whole. Because of the information on the status certificate is so crucial, when you make an offer to purchase a condo, I strongly recommend uh, including a condition that makes the purchase conditional. I'm reviewing the status certificate uh, by your real estate agent or us and the lawyer and the lawyer. Here are you know, some of the questions that the, the status certificate can answer. It says, what's in the condominium declaration bylaws and rules? Like some, condo, some condos may not allow pets. And or they may not allow certain things that uh, you may not be able to put a barbecue on the balcony or anything like that. So you really got to understand and know things that are happening in that in that condo. You don't want to end up buying a condo and you have a dog and all of a sudden you find out, hey, I can't uh, have this dog in my condo. What kind of fees can I expect to pay? They'll give you, you know, and uh, what what the condo fees are currently are for that unit and what uh, and they'll give you an idea what what the condo fees are going to go up uh, probably in the next year or two, just to give you an idea of what's happening uh, with that building. And if, uh, is the seller up to date on their fees? So I'll even tell you if the seller is up to date on their fees, if they owe money, they'll have to pay that on closing. If they're behind, what's the financial status of the condo corporation? So let's say if it's an older building 
and you know the pool looks rough. The you know the roof of this condo court, uh, co- uh, this condo building is in bad shape. Windows are in bad shape, and let's say the reserve fund in the condo corp is maybe a hundred thousand. That's not going to cut to you know fix these things up. So they they may even ask you for a special assessment down the road. So I would be very uh, worry about uh, about buying uh, a condo in that building if if uh, if if the reserve funds uh, low and the building's old. Um, uh, will I have full ownership uh, of the included parking space or locker? Some condos uh, allow uh, park. You know they have a parking space with it, and some don't. It just depends. So you got to know about that. Um, can you rent out your uh, parking space if you're not if you don't have a vehicle? There's all the rules and regulations. That's why you have to have your lawyer look at it and see. Um, and it kind of, it kind of, you need to know. It gives you kind of uh, an idea what's going to happen in the next five years uh, with that status certificate. It's it's something um, that we usually buy when we put the house up, uh, the condo up for sale, so that we have that information ready for any agent that needs to it. So there's so that they don't have to put a long condition on getting the status certificate because sometimes it takes 10 days to uh, uh, when you call the condo corp to get this uh, status certificate. Um, the um, uh, it, it, It's, you know, for a lot of people, it's a great thing. For some people, it's it, it, when they're going into a condo building, it's a new thing and, it, and it's, you know, sometimes it takes time for them to absorb the, whether they like it or not. But, uh, but yeah, but, but a lot of condos are being built in the last uh, five to 10 years especially in the uh, Hamilton and Niagara regions. So the, the salesperson in this case wants to include a condition about the status certificate basically to protect their client, right? Yes, yeah. So they, so you put that in there and, uh, and you know, to protect their client so they know exactly what the status of this condo corp. Now, there has been uh, in the past, and this was about 18, 20 years ago, uh, there was a couple of buildings in Hamilton that did go bankrupt. The condo corps did go bankrupt. So for those buildings, so and it took 10 to 15 years for prices to rise again in those buildings because people were scared to buy in that building because now the reserve funds low. Uh, they went bankrupt on that condo corp, and uh, and you know how much will these people have to pay in the future? So so house prices in those buildings or condo prices in those buildings were a great deal, but you, you were taking the risk because who knows how much the condo fees are going to be are. So right now, today, 20 years later, the condo fees are high in those buildings and the prices in those buildings are pretty, you know, they're probably one of the cheaper ones in the city. So it, it did have an effect on the uh, condo prices in, uh, in those buildings. And could you get a status certificate on a condo that's still under construction? No. Um, you, you actually, there, there is no status certificate. So, uh, for instance, like if you're buying brand new, you, they're giving you an estimated idea of what your condo fees are going to be like. So they'll, they'll base it on a square footage. They'll say, well, your condo fees are going to be this much uh, per square foot. So if you've got a 600 square foot home, uh, they'll say your condo fees are going to be $250 a month and your taxes are going to be approximately be this. But once everybody's moved in and a year later, they readjust it and it's always ends up being a little higher sometimes uh, than what they uh, actually anticipated it to be. So, so I, I prefer to buy myself a resale condo where I know exactly what the condo fees are. I know exactly what the condo corporations at, uh, and, uh, and I know everything about the building and, uh, and then, and if there's any problems with the building, 
they would have taken care of it within the first couple of years so that there's no other special assessments that can happen uh, that that uh, the new purchaser, uh, the new homeowner will have to pay. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, there's a new report from Moody's Analytics and RPS Real Property Solutions, Inc. about uh, the, um, uh, the latest forecast for the housing market. This was issued uh, earlier this week, and it basically says the pandemic will punish prairie house prices uh, the most in Canada, but even hot spots like Toronto and Vancouver will see prices drop on the back of rising rental market vacancies and lower immigration rates. Average single-family detached house prices will fall by 6.7% next year as the recovery stalls, economic stimulus fades, and debt problems increase. Uh, it says the figure combining all housing types is a drop of more than 7%. Now, just to dig a little bit deeper, Calgary and Edmonton will lead the losers with 10% peak to trough slides in prices next year as oil market woes continue. Regina next at more than 9% uh, will drop. Toronto follows with a near 9% fall forecast. Vancouver prices expected to drop at uh, just less than 7%. And uh, one of the quotes in the report from uh, the uh, report author says, the housing market will no longer be able to escape the poor condition of the labor market as vacancy and delinquency rates rise in 2021. And they go on to say the report follows earlier forecasts by Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation that, um, and the, the chief economist of the CMHC on Monday doubled down on the prediction that house prices could decline by 18% because of pandemic-induced weak housing demand. Now, we haven't seen that here, especially in Hamilton. We haven't seen that in Ontario, um, but there's still the call that these house prices are going to go down. Are there any signs of that on the horizon? I don't see it. And if there is, uh, Rick, um, we're up so much on our housing price that if there is an adjustment, uh, we're still going to be ahead of what it was of spring of 2020, uh, like the January, February, March. So, um, even, even though we had a spike, it, it'll, it'll actually level out back down to a normal level. So, um, the people that did sell, uh, in, in like during, uh, the spike, they benefited, but if they bought, they basically equalized. So mm -hmm. basically it just washes out, you know, they, they, they sold and bought in the same market. So it balances out. Now the, the, buyers that bought in, uh, in the, in the spike market, they'll be fine within two years. It'll surpass what they purchased price for. If there is a decline in the market, which I don't think it'll, it'll be as, as large as what they expect it to be now. Um, you know, so I, I think no matter what, uh, the real estate prices and real estate investments always going to be the strongest of any investment that anybody will ever have. Uh, over any uh, stocks or mutual funds or, you know, RSPs or whatever. So I, I don't think like Rick, I'm buying in this market and I'm not afraid. And if there is a little bit of an adjustment in, uh, in values, not a problem. Uh, it, it, they'll spike back up again. Remember house prices double every 10 years. Yeah, it's the best investment you're going to make. When we come back after the commercial break, we'll get into more of these predictions uh, as well as uh, a forecast for 2021 and one that means for the city of Hamilton. We're also going to get into 
Um, the land transfer tax holiday proposal from the Ontario Real Estate Association and whether or not that is a good idea. We'll get to that and a whole lot more still to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin, along with Rob Golfie, sales representatives with the Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Find them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The handle at Rob Golfie. Don't forget, Golfie gets it sold. And download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email. The email address is questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come, a land transfer tax holiday? What's that? And we'll also get to the latest prediction from CMHC and why they're calling the current real estate market uh, moderate in terms of its vulnerability. But back to the uh, Moody's Analytics and RPS Real Property Solutions uh, survey or report in which it says that house prices are going to fall by about 7% next year as the COVID-19 pandemic continues. Uh, It says the market will rebound in 2021 after vaccines have become widespread and prices for single-family dwellings should rise by 4.6% in 2022. So there's some good news on the horizon. And it says Ottawa appears to be an outlier with a forecast decline of 3%, less than half the amount for the next cities in the outlook, Hamilton, Halifax, and Montreal. So this report is predicting that you know prices are going to decline and in some cities will increase by 4.6%, but it's forecasting a decline for Hamilton in 2021 and 2022. Um, dire news, I guess, if you're looking to buy in this current market or, or looking to buy a home in the next couple of years. But it also says, and this is where it gets interesting, the pandemic has boosted demand for properties offering more space for working from home and fewer shared areas with neighbors. Smaller markets where such properties are more affordable will particularly benefit from this trend. Isn't Hamilton benefiting from that trend? We're seeing all these GTA buyers looking for a little more room for a lot less cost, and Hamilton is their choice. Absolutely. Uh, We are seeing an abundance of GTA buyers uh, coming uh, this way right now, Rick. So I think Toronto is is feeling the effects of it a little bit right now, especially in the condo market, as they were saying that, uh, you know, they're finding that, uh, you know, the condo rental market is going to come down in uh, in prices. And uh, and then and then you're also going to see the prices of condos coming down a bit because now people that work downtown don't have to work downtown anymore. They can they can work anywhere uh, from their home office. So they'd rather have a home office in uh, 
in, in an area where they, you know, don't have to own expensive real estate. And also they can, they can have a backyard or, or, or whatever. So a lot of them are coming towards the, the Hamilton area. And, uh, it, it just, it, it, it's funny how that, that happened. I, I don't see Hamilton because it's still an affordable city to, to move to, uh, coming down in price. If there is an adjustment, it's going to be a very little adjustment. I still think we're still going to be uh, moving strong with our housing prices. And, and, and we're finding a lot of investors are coming out this way. I mean, you cannot find anything right now. Like the inventory is low and I, I don't see it. I don't see that changing for a while. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, uh, in, in Hamilton, we're definitely going to benefit uh, from this uh, in the long run. And, and those investors are ones who are buying up property and then renting it as opposed to the flippers? Yes, they're uh, they're buying properties if they can find them, and we're finding guys that are buying properties in the, like up to six hundred thousand for a, a single family residential and uh, renting them out for like twenty three, twenty four hundred dollars a month. In essence, it doesn't make sense uh, on, on the cap rate, meaning that your return on investment, but they're banking on the equity growth of um, of that house to make their uh, return on investment. So. Um, for me, uh, you know, everybody has different ways in how they, uh, making, want to make money through real estate. Mine is a combination of both from the rental and also on the equity build. So, you know, sometimes you have to buy something a little bit, uh, you know, uh, run down, fix it up, rent it out so that you can keep the price of the home down and, and then, and you can get a good return on the uh, rental, uh, that you're charging for that unit. When you're looking at the equity build, what is the parameters in terms of how many years it takes to kind of build that enough equity either to redo the whole place or then sell it or, you know, reinvest in it? I, so for me personally, I, I like holding on to real estate. So when I buy something, uh, I, I plan on holding on to it for over 10 years. It could be, you know, even 20 years. It just depends on, on, on the building and it, and it also depends on if I'm buying something else, right? Like, so if, let's say, uh, and, and what I like buying is, is uh, uh, single family homes and duplexes. And the reason why is because if you need money to purchase something bigger, you can unload those fairly quick and get cash in your hand to buy something bigger. So you're kind of trading up. But uh, for me, um, you know, I look for something that I know that, uh, you know, if I put 20% down, and, uh, and, and the more, and the rental can cover the mortgage. Um, and, and then, so I'm looking for my tenant to pay the, uh, uh, mortgage and, uh, and the equity buildup. So I'm paying down the mortgage and then the equity buildup will happen automatically with, uh, inflation. It's a pretty good plan. Uh, let's fast forward to CMHC, and it uh, has released its uh, latest housing market assessment for the month of September, uh, where it basically says nearly half of Canadian real estate markets have moderate vulnerability. So what does that mean? Well, it says that more Canadian real estate markets are seeing increased levels of vulnerability. Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation releasing their uh, HMA, as they call it, and it shows that almost half of Canada's major real estate markets have moderate levels of risk now. Many markets are also benefiting from government pandemic supports. That means they may be worse off than they appear on paper. Canadian real estate has a moderate level of vulnerability. There are now seven major markets displaying a moderate level of vulnerability. That's up from five during the February report. New markets to join these ranks are Moncton, Halifax, and Ottawa. The only market to see the rating lower, back to a low degree of vulnerability, is Regina. So I'm looking at a chart that 
um, comparisons between the report back in February to this September report. And obviously we're going to focus on Hamilton here. In the, right. in the overheating section, there's no change. It's still a moderate vulnerability from February 2020 to September 2020. Uh, the price acceleration has certainly changed, but it's gone in uh, in the exact opposite way. It's gone from a moderate uh, price acceleration to a low degree of vulnerability, which to me doesn't make sense because prices have gone up. Uh, and yeah, the, and I know I was reading that, and I, and I saw, <laughs> I saw, like I'm wondering who's who's writing this thing. And, yeah, I thought and, it was going to be the other way. Prices have gone up, but but go ahead, go ahead, finish, I th- Rick. I thought it was going to be the other way. Uh, overvaluation is low from February and September. Uh, overbuilding also in the low vulnerability from February to September, and the overall assessment is both in the moderate from February to September. Of note, it, it it looks at Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto, and certainly Toronto impacts uh, what we're seeing in Hamilton. It says Toronto real estate is a low level of risk for all indicators except the overall assessment. That may see somewhat contrary to the spring price forecast from the CMHC showing falling prices. However, the report notes the gap between fundamentals continued to worsen. It just failed to hit the threshold line for overvaluation due to the rise in disposable income. So long story short, even though overall it's uh, projecting a moderate vulnerability, it I mean the numbers speak for themselves in Hamilton. It it seems like the market is what it is and it's it's still, you know, red hot right now. Yes, and uh so they're not they're, they're showing that uh you know, we there's still lots of room here and uh things are going to be moving around moving along. Like I said, they're looking at uh, Im- immigration. And so our immigration here in Hamilton is the GTA people from the GTA. That's our immigration yeah, right now. Yeah. And now the GTA is not getting the immigration because immigration has been stalled, uh, in Canada, uh, this year. So, so t- Toronto is going to feel a, a bit of that because all the buyers that are coming in, like all the people immigrating, they usually buy a house within a year to two years or even, or even soon as soon as they they land. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, people are immigrating with money. So there, there is definitely going to be a change in the dynamics and, and we're going to find that out. So what we're in right now, we're in a totally different, uh, like we've never experienced a, 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 a pandemic before. So this is something that's going to be new to no matter what markets we're in, uh, like from the stock market to the real estate market. So, and right now, uh, things are, are, are doing really well. It's red hot and it's good. And yeah, and, you know, when everything's doing very well, things have to come back to reality and there will be a reality, but it's not going to be a devastation. It's not going to be uh, something that, uh, you know, um, that it's going to hurt everybody. It's just, you know what, Hey, you, you live in a house that you're in, you're, you know, so what your, your house price, you know, was, you know, 600, uh, last year, it's, uh, it's 700 this year. So it may drop down to 675 or 650, but you're still up from what you were a year ago. And so I don't think people have to worry about anything like that. So like when, when there's a spike that it, it levels back down again, it doesn't mean house prices came down. It just went back, uh, back to a level where it should, should have been at before that spike. So, yeah. And, and so the, we're, yeah. I was going to say the Go impact ahead. is only, the impact is only felt when you're selling. I mean, if you, if you, if you bought at a certain price and you're selling at a, at a different price, whether it's higher or lower, that's the only time you're going to realize that impact. That's right. So the impact it will be only when you're selling, and 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 if you and if you're buying and you plan on staying there for five years, there you're not gonna you're not gonna see any any change because you know within five years you're you're gonna see that your uh, 
uh, value, your equity has built up uh, within five years. But I mean, there's always changes every, uh, you know, every decade, there's always a, a kind of a, a, a leveling of, uh, in the real estate market and, and real estate markets change week by week, month by month. So, um, you know, like right now we're in a bit of a spike right now. It's good for sellers. Buyers are still finding good deals out there. You just gotta, you just gotta work hard and, and look at, find them. And, uh, but yeah, if things will balance out, they may not balance out. It, we may still have a continuous growth. Nobody expected to have, uh, the growth that we had in the last 10 years. I mean, you know, we thought in 2017, oh, that's it. And then, and then, and then it moderately went, uh, at, in the middle to the uh, third quarter of 2017, things, you know, kind of were balanced out. They went back to normal. And then, you know, and look at now we're back up to like, uh, you know, uh, spikings and, and, and real estate markets just jumping like crazy, just like 2017. So who, you know, nobody thought, nobody thought house prices would go as high as they did in 2017. Now we're even higher than 2017 and 2020. So it's just, it just continues, uh, continuously to go up. Uh, and, and it's just a lack of inventory and, and then the abundance of buyers. That's all. So uh, again, Rick, a lot of buyers this year, I mean, sorry, a lot of sellers this year that were, were planning on selling, uh, their house. They didn't because of this COVID. So they're just, hang, they're just going to stay there for a while. Uh, and that's, what's causing the low inventory. But, uh, but if we were in a normal, no pandemic market, Yes, we would have a, a good year, but not as as extreme as it is now. Yeah, twenty twenty has certainly been an interesting year in uh, in more ways than one. That's for sure. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on nine hundred CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie. Find them online at robgolfie.com. Call them anytime at nine zero five five seven five seventy seven hundred. A new OREA policy report recommends governments should focus on implementing growth friendly policies to stimulate recovery, including a land transfer tax holiday. If you are a uh, a religious listener of the show, you've heard us mention about land transfer tax in the past. So I want to mention this, and and I'll get you to chew on it a little bit here, Rob. According to stats from the Altus Consulting Group, a six-month holiday on the payment of the land transfer tax for the first $600,000 of a home's value could result in an additional 32,000 homes being sold and 31,000 jobs. Furthermore, 3 in 10 Ontarians surveyed by Nanos in partnership with Aria said they are likely, 13%, or somewhat likely, 17%, to purchase a home sooner if the province announced a land transfer tax holiday. And nearly half of younger Ontarians, aged 18 to 35, say they are likely or somewhat likely to do this. How big of a factor would this be? It'd be a big factor, but I can't see it happening. I, I, I you know, especially now with COVID and, and, and the province being in debt as, as it is, but it would be, it would be fantastic because on a $600,000 house, that could be as high as four to $5,000 for land transfer tax. That is a huge savings. It makes a huge, big difference on, you know, uh, uh, first time buyers, uh, monthly uh, mortgage payment. Cause they usually roll that land transfer tax in with your mortgage payment. So really you're paying that off in, in 25 years usually, but uh, it, it definitely would make a huge savings and definitely, you know, it, uh, you know, obviously the people that uh, brought this up, they, they know the jobs that it could create the, uh, you know, yeah, definitely. Uh, it'd be nice if they can do that. Uh, I would love, I would support that a hundred percent. Two more tidbits uh, before we go to commercial break. A majority of Ontarians support or somewhat support a home renovation tax credit in particular, with close to 6 in 10 Ontarians saying they are likely or somewhat likely 
to use such a credit in the next year if introduced. And a majority of Ontarians active in the real estate market say that buying a home today is a very good or good investment. Just over one in two Ontarians actively in the real estate market report they are currently actively looking to buy a home. So that is certainly good news for uh, realtors uh, locally and across the province. When we come back, luxury homes in Hamilton, Burlington, still selling for a pretty penny. We'll get into that next on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio. Just down the road at One Markland is Rob Golfi, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfi team. You can call them at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfi.com, the hottest listings in town. That's Rob G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfi on Instagram and Twitter. Like them on Facebook as well. And download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey, if you have a question for the Golfi team, send them an email. Questions at robgolfi.com. That's questions at robgolfi.com. We will ask your question on a future program, and Rob will provide an answer. Um, great story in the spec, and they do this, uh, I think, once a month or every once in a while about some of the luxury homes in Hamilton and Burlington that go up for sale. And uh, there was one last month that sold in Burlington for $3.3 million dollars. Another one in Burlington and one in Flamborough took the second and third spots, if you will, on the real estate podium. Uh, they got uh, from between $2.49 million and $3.3 million. The luxury market has really not been impacted by COVID-19, has it? No, it hasn't. And Rick, I'm going to tell you something. Um, we have a house listed in Burlington uh, right now. It does have an offer. We're waiting for conditions to be removed we will surpass that $3.3 million uh, record. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to uh, possibly uh, announcing next week that we have the record for over the $3.3 million. Wow. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 the luxury market it has not stopped. So either, I don't know, um, people are, uh, you know what, you know what, people have nothing to do. They say, you know, so I guess there's, you know, <laughs> let's go buy a million home. dollar home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what it is? They just want more space or, or they're buying, they're, they're going to buy luxury. Like, like things have changed in, in the mentality of people and, uh, people are spending more money right now. And I think what it is, is that if you think about all the travel money that has not been spent this right, year yeah. now and all the, like, like companies that haven't had to spend money uh, for their salespeople or, or conferences and, and, and putting on uh, big events, like, like companies have more money in their pocket. Now uh, people have more money in their pocket now. So people are buying like, this is like a huge uh, and that, and, and they're going into real estate. They're re They're doing their renovations. They're buying real estate. They're, so um, with all this non-spending uh, from travel to business uh, whatsoever, um, 
they're 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 buying bigger homes. They're buying luxury homes. Uh, they want homes with pools, tennis courts, and basketball uh, uh, courts in their in their backyard, and and they want more space. Uh, you know, more people spent more time at home this year, so maybe they got to know their neighbors uh, better, and they probably want to get away from them. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, no. There's uh, it, it is surprisingly how many how much luxury homes uh, out there, and it's surprisingly that people there is a lot there is a lot of money out there, and that that is is surprisingly also that uh, what people with money out there what they're buying and and they're willing to spend it too. The top three sales in Hamilton were homes in Flamborough and Stony Creek, ranging between two point three five and two point six million. On the flip side, there were some uh, really affordable places that were scooped up in August. Uh, two in Flamborough, one in Dunville, ranging from $80,000 to $130,000. Uh, and the suggestion is that these properties were recreational properties or ones that are basically you know, mobile homes and, and such, but maybe purchased for the land and something exciting and new is going to go up. Oh yeah, it, it it it. I'd have to see what those properties are. You're right, because there's nothing. You can't even look at anything for under under uh, three hundred. And I mean, if you do find anything, it's it, it, you're building. You're buying a building lot in in the uh, city center, uh, in North End or whatever. So. Uh, it's it's hard to find anything in that price point right now. We just got a minute left. How long has that Burlington listing been up for? Um, we had it up, I think, for uh, just a little over sixty days, Rick. And, wow. Um, yeah. So uh, we're we were asking three point seven million for it, and uh, so we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll beat that three point three uh, uh, mark uh, once uh, once it's firmed up. So we're really excited about that. So, uh, but yeah, surprising uh, that. Uh, uh, there's people out there buying houses in the 3 million, um, mark. And, uh, you know, what do you do? You just, uh, you know, people have got money and, and usually those kind of houses, you, you have to come in with at least a million dollars down payment. There's no, uh, right. there's no, uh, like, you know, 5% down on those houses. <laughs> and they usually, uh, you know, they, they usually stay on the market for a little bit longer because, well, obviously the price point, it's a niche market. Um, another commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about downsizing. So no, we're not buying luxury homes. We're buying something that's a little bit smaller or a lot smaller in some cases, but there's also some stress that goes along with that. We'll get to that when we come back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program, unless otherwise identified. The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. One more go-around here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin in studio. Rob Golfie on the line, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can check them out all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The handle is at Rob Golfie. Find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And call them at 905-575-7700. Uh, we just got done talking about luxury homes. Now we're going the other way, and we're talking about downsizing. And there's a lot of reasons for downsizing. You know, you have the empty nesters, uh, retirees. There's a lot less upkeep and maintenance. But a part of that is the decluttering process. And that can really be uh, intimidating because, you know, if, if you've lived in a home for a long period of time or even a short period of time, you've probably collected a lot of stuff. So 
Here are some tips to de-stress while you are downsizing and decluttering. And one of those is being strategic. Uh, Another is taking inventory. And maybe one of the most important things is starting small. You have so much stuff, but start with, you know, a room, whether it's a laundry room or a closet. Don't start with like a basement or garage because you have a lot of stuff in that. When you're dealing with clients who are downsizing, it can be stressful, right? Oh, it is. And and Rick, I, I just going to tell you, I was in a house uh, yesterday and we went, it was a three level side split and uh, I couldn't believe like, it was like you're walking through pathways through the house. They have so much stuff. They've been in this house for 20 years. Wow. And I wouldn't even know like, like, uh, and it's, it's, it's actually a, a rental. So the homeowner or the, the owner of the property, um, uh, is, um, uh, selling it. And so these people have to move out and, and the, the, the owner of the property said, you know, should we like, you know, put $2,000 towards the, helping this guy, you know, box everything up, hiring somebody to do this. I, I said, it's going to take more than that. Like, and like, it, there's so much stuff. Like he's going to, he's going to have a hard time trying to figure out what he doesn't want and what does he, what he wants to keep. Hmm. And, uh, it's just, but that, you know, he's been there for 20 years and, and he doesn't see, you know, that there's a problem cause it kind of grew slowly. So he's kind of lived in a way that, that he's used to. Right. So, but it's, uh, it, it is definitely going to be a tough situation. We're going to have to figure out how we're going to help this guy, uh, move out and, and declutter and, and I, I would assume half the things that he has in there will probably end up at a, at a landfill and, or, you know, or drop it off at, uh, you know, at a place where, you know, it could be, re, you know, resold or help, uh, you know, uh, someone less fortunate. You know, court, yeah, yeah. Less fortunate, but, uh, it, it's sad, but you're right. Starting small is, uh, you know, to declutter, you gotta, you know, you gotta have to put, do I need it? Have I used it? And do I want it? And, uh, and, and all that kind of thing. So it's just, it, for the, for this guy, it's going to take, it's going to take six months for him to declutter and get it, things going. So that, Ouch. that, um, that's going to be tough for him to, to declutter. Well, step step one should be you know uh, ordering the garbage bin <laughs> because yeah. you know you know a lot of stuff, especially if you're downsizing. You know a lot of stuff is going to have to go, and a lot of that's probably going to end up in the trash. But here's some uh, clearing out tips if you are downsizing and you just have a lot of stuff. Create four piles. There should not be a maybe pile. You you can't give yourself that option. So the first pile is giveaways. You mentioned there's a lot of less fortunate people out there. They can benefit from the stuff that you've enjoyed over the years. The next pile is donations. So donate a pile to maybe family and friends, co-worker, uh, or, you know, your, your, your local community uh, warehouse, if you will, so they can repurpose yeah. it. Uh, your third pile should be more valuable items that you plan to sell. So stuff that you have, you know, put a value to it, but you're not necessarily going to keep. You can maybe cash in on. And finally, the fourth pile is going to head to the dump. Uh, this pile is going to go into the garbage bin and uh, sayonara. Yeah, it, it's uh, and, and that's the only way you can do it. it uh, and I remember when I moved five years ago and uh it was tough like i i was moving from a a 3000 square foot home plus i had a a carriage house that was finished totally so and into a 2000 2000 square foot bungalow so i had stuff piled in my garage a double car garage like right to the ceiling almost oh. for at least three and a half four years before i said okay now we got to get rid of this stuff because we're not using it obviously and so 
so we did a garage sale. I'll never do that again. And, <laughs> and then, uh, so, and then we gave it away for don- We gave it away to do- donations and stuff like that. So that's that is, that's it. So we we are removed of any stuff. So I'm I'm a little bit more um, uh, skeptical in buying things around the house because every time I buy something, I go, "Is this going to end up uh, in uh, the garage? You know, garage yeah. uh, <laughs> in the garage in two years?" So. But but anyway, uh, you you have to let it go. You yeah. just have to let it go and give it to somebody else, and it, it, otherwise you're just gonna pile it up uh, either exactly. in your basement, your garage. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. We got to go, Rob. Great show. Thanks as always, and thank you for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 a.m. on 900 CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program, unless otherwise identified. The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.